world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 64. It's absolutely mind-numbing, though, sometimes, how people can read these articles and then just jump on it. How can you spread these kind of news stories and then, you know, share a scripture? You just jeopardize the faith of someone that may not once know Jesus. This week's podcast is brought to you by Media Fusion, and this summer they're doing something really cool and they need your help. They want to hear your church streaming story. No matter the size of your church or streaming solution, they want to hear why you decided to stream, how you do it, and what difference it has made. In exchange, they'd like to offer you up to $200. So check it out. Tell them your story and land some cool cash this summer. Visit the link in the podcast description or visit cmag.to forward slash your story 200. That's cmag.to forward slash your story 200. On this week's podcast, we talk about Christians sharing false news stories on social media. And if you want to join the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Just use the hashtag cmagcast and we'll be sure to respond. Now, before we dive into this week's podcast, let's take a quick listen to Church Mag Pro Tip from Jonathan Malm about branding across multiple mediums. Hey guys, Jonathan Mom here with a quick ministry tip. Today's tip is all about branding across multiple mediums. Say you want to do a sermon series. You design a graphic, but now what do you do with it? How do you incorporate that into a stage design or banners or bulletins or a website? The key is to look for a repeatable element that you can incorporate across each medium. The logo is the most obvious repeatable element. If you had some symbol or something that you incorporated into the design, this would be the easiest thing to plaster all over the place to tie in the elements. However, not all graphic designs have a specific logo to them. In that case, you might look at colors or shapes. For instance, if your graphic design is angular and sharp, you wouldn't want a stage design that incorporates circles. You would look for something with sharper, more angular edges. Then you'd want to use the stage lighting to mirror what's happening in your design. You might find there's a certain distinction about one shape or one element that makes your design more memorable. Tie into that. Grab hold of that and mirror it across multiple mediums. This takes a little bit of focused effort, but I guarantee you'll be happy with how tight your branding will be. Well, that's today's tip. I want to encourage you to check out my two books for church creatives. The first one is Created for More. It's a 30-day devotional to help you start seeing your life more creatively. And the second one is Unwelcome. 50 ways you can make your church more welcoming. Grab them on Amazon or iBooks. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast, rockin' and rollin' from coast to coast all over the world. <laughs> you guys are officially in my head, as I have no way to start this podcast at all. So any any help would be would be great. So you can um, hit me up on Twitter. You can email me Eric at Church Mag. Any ideas on a great way to uh, for us to get started on the topic at hand, other than introducing everyone, which we used to do, but we now do at the beginning of the podcast, so it seems redundant. I personally would like people to go <clears throat> to our iTunes review page and let me know how can we mess with Eric just a little bit more. So give us any star review, I don't really care, and let us know how can we mess with Eric. You know, what what other areas of, of of self-confidence do you think that Jeremy and I can slowly undermine and attack to turning him into a shell of his former self? We we really want we want to make sure Eric remains humble. And by humble I mean emotionally crippled. And totally self-conscious. 
Gulp. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> all right, Phil. Well, my self-conscious may be crippled, but you are certainly getting the shout-out requests, Phil. You, you, you've, what started on a whim that we just made up impromptu on, on the podcast has now turned into somewhat of a feature these last couple of weeks with you and your shout-outs, man. Have, have you been like practicing during the week? I have been doing my best, but uh, you know it's it's hard to know from week to week where what area of the world I'll be talking from. So just well, Ed sent us a shout out, and I would pronounce his last name, but I'm afraid I'm going to butcher it because it's like yeah, slum- yeah. N- see what I mean? Like I can't do it. So so Ed, you know who you are because you are in Boonville, New York, and I apologize for not knowing how how to. Um, being able to pronounce your name very well. My name is Eric Dye. My last name has three letters. Most people say when they're writing my name down, they're like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. Just three letters. I'm done. That's it. So uh, I'll just I'll just blame it on that. Uh, so Ed is from Boonville, New York. And he says here, Phil, equal parts Canadian and Minnesotan with a touch of nasal Rochester. Okay, hold on a second. Okay, okay. And, and he loves the podcast, so he won't judge. He won't judge. Well, that's good to know. Until we butcher his name, and then he might. Well, judge. <laughs> well hold on yeah. a second. Well, he might be judging so, me already. Equal parts ca- Canadian and Minnesota, so that's like no Minnesota. Don't you know? Minis- don't you know? There, hey there, young, hey there, young feller. But it's nasal, so you gotta go. So, hey there, don't you know? Like this, and you put your finger on your nose. I feel like I'm getting a little Irish, though. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on a second here. It would be helpful if we had a phrase that I had to say so that I could kind of imitate on a given... Yeah, how, how about, hey, Ed, thanks for listening to the Church Mag That's, podcast. That, I, I could do that, I guess. Okay, here we go. Unless you can, come up with the, unless you can think of a better one, which I'm all... I'm all I, you, you know, know me. I'm, I'm, my brain power is going fully... I'm fully focused on getting this right. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. how we roll on Church Mag. I'll come up with an idea. You guys will go, eh, and then someone else will come up with a better one. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've got no shame. That's how we do it here. The boss says, let's do this, and no. all the employees are like, nah, no. that's, that's a terrible idea, boss. Hey there, Ed. Uh, thank you for listening to the the, the, the podcast. There, we uh, appreciate your uh, your uh, support. Uh, that was terrible. I don't know what that was. Yeah, like, that was did not, you have? Did you? That was, Ed, Ed broke it. Hey, no, I blame this on Ed. Ed, Ed, no name broke the podcast. He's not no and, name. Uh, Ed has a name. Just because I'm failing to pronounce, you know, I'll have to embed the tweet into the page so that people can actually see Ed's no, name. No, I was saying Ed no name at K-N-O-W, like he knows his own oh, name. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I, I'm making that up now. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've got the shout-outs, oh, if you want uh, Phil to butcher your name and uh, make fun of your geographical oddities, just ping us on Twitter, use the hashtag CMAGCast, and tell us where you're listening to us from. Um, this was, uh, yeah, cool. So do that. See Magcast, and Phil will give you a shout out in his best accent possible. So keep practicing, Phil. Which isn't, which isn't all that, which is not that good anyway. But <laughs> but that's the joy of it. That's it's, the joy. It's something, you know. It's something to hold on. A couple to. weeks ago, we had the Riddle Me This 
episode where we answered uh, the listener's question. And so if you have a question that you want to ask us, uh, you can use the CMAGCast hashtag, or you can go to the churchmag forward slash riddle me this. There's hyphens there. Riddle hyphen me hyphen this. Churchmag riddle me this. And uh, you know what I should do? I should do a redirect with no hyphens, and then I can just say churchmag forward slash riddle me this, and you can ask us any question there, and we will answer it here on the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about... Uh, an official title here, like my brain starting to go, like filling out the blog path post, like, okay, what's the best title? And I can edit it, but I'm on the fly here, so I can't edit it uh, before. Viral gullibility? Viral go- Facebook? No. Well, Facebook gets picked on a lot because most people are on Facebook, but it's not just Facebook. It's Twitter. It's Google+. I'm sure uh, you, you can testify to that, Jeremy. The viral gullibility. People see a news article on in their in their news feed and maybe that's the problem facebook calls it a news feed and really it's not news it's more like the gossip column guys what have <laughs> what uh, uh i think it was jeremy you're the one that came up with this uh topic idea today give us a little background of what prompted you what inspired you for uh this week's topic so ed sisler wrote an article just recently uh which it talks about the idea of fake news and if you read the whole article which i'm sure we can put in the show notes he just talks about how people have been going forward with all these different articles within Christianity. And he highlights two of them where we just kind of try to capitalize and jump on it, even though the news that's being reported is not true or it's over and done with and completely misreported. And so just this idea of how Christians get up in arms and really want to make change for the faith. And they're not making change in a viable way because what they're trying to change hasn't even happened and so one of the big topics, I mean, we're talking about healthcare solutions in America. We're talking about gay rights in America, talking about all the different racism that's happening in America right now. And so it's just Christian fodder for we should protect ourselves, even though there's nothing to protect because we're actually not being attacked. Right. Exactly. Everything from the Confederate flag to um to same-sex marriage, there's all kinds of articles that have been that had that pop up. So I don't know if, if everyone reads them or they click like, but I, I'm I'm surprised upon further review and doing a little bit of research how how many of these news articles either are are false or broken down too much into a headline a la yellow journalism, or they're just downright false. Mm-hmm. It, it's absolutely mind-numbing, though, sometimes how people can read these articles and then just jump on it. And you, Ed goes through it really well in his blog post, and I um, I wrote something a while back about it, too, because I, 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 had, I had smart people sharing uh, this post about how Facebook was going to own all of your statuses. And uh, they, it, 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 so if you posted this little thing on your wall, this little, little, little bit of legalese <laughs> mumbo-jumbo, mm-hmm. Facebook was all of a sudden no longer allowed to own what you say. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And people well, it's like, not even, yeah. bought it. Let's not even put smart people. My mom was doing it. No. Make it personal. Not, yeah, let's make it personal all of a sudden. But, like, it's just I, – I, I went through – Ed did a great job going through, like, how to, how to not fall for things. And when I wrote about it, I talked more about what, what, what about – because I feel like it's Christians more than anybody else who falls for this stuff. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's just Christians or not. No, maybe, it's not just Christians. I feel, I feel like, like I feel like we've got a higher proportion of, of fools in, um, amongst us. Maybe it's like because I see. I see, I've got a lot of friends on Facebook who aren't Christians, and and by and large, it is the Christians who share this stupid stuff. My atheist friends aren't saying 
anything like that. Well, you know, whether whether it is Christians more or not, um, the point of it is is that we should be seekers of truth and that we should be more hesitant to to uh, or we should be more mindful of these kind of things and be more careful in how we how we present ourselves and, and what we're putting out there and that we're spreading you know how can you spread these kind of these kind of news stories and then you know share scripture it's like you know what, what does that look to the non-believer wow fake 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 and that's 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 no good yeah and then it, it too it makes us look petulant and whiny because these aren't these aren't fake stories about how like a million people got saved in a crusade. These are stories about how we're under attack, and so it, it's just it's all negativity. I, I saw I, I was going to say something yesterday on Facebook before Ed. I shared Ed's post because like, hey, Ed did the work for me, so I'll have to go and and dig my post out of the archive or write something new. But uh, I saw uh, a friend of mine posted an article about how the Pope um, said that the Quran and the Bible were the same. He didn't say that. But this article said he did, and so they shared it all over, and they're just commenting about how he's a false prophet, and he's 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 probably never even read the Bible himself, and that uh, this is a further proof of why the Catholic Church is this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, the Pope did not say that, and I looked into it, and it was he made a comment uh, saying that, and this is months ago, months ago, that Muslims saw their bo- their holy book the same way Christians see our holy book, and that was it. Right now, and, and see that that's the thing is that some of this sensationalized news that 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 people tend to share on social media really takes the focus on the real news. And this happened, what was it, last summer or so, when things were really heating up with ISIS, and there was a lot of. Of photos that people were that were sp- spreading around Facebook, saying here is like live footage or video of Christians being, um, you know, massacred. Okay, and then it turned out a lot of those photos were false. Now, th- the problem is that those photos matched reports, actual you know on the ground reports of what was going on, and so it 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 lessened the impact because you were the people were sharing fake photos of something that was really going on right so it devalued the the, the actual news right and so i you know i see that as 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 a problem as well um i recently you know we talk about you know smart you know we even see smart people or you know less smart people sharing this or that you know i must be one of those less smart people because i shared with my wife something that I'd read on Facebook. And when I say share, I didn't electronically share it. I verbally looked across the room and shared it. And about an hour later, she sent me a link through uh, our, our private Slack channel, uh, a link to a news story that that uh, told more about the news that I had shared with her. Now, I had I had clicked on the link in Facebook to, to, to check out this story, and I had read it, and I thought I had the whole story. But upon further review, there were more facts about the story that were left out of what I had read that totally changed um, – totally changed – the perspective of what was going on and and you know and, and I'm somebody who was doing follow up and reading the actual source and I thought and it was with a legitimate news news organization that I read the story on but you know with further investigation I found that that uh it it wasn't telling all the truth for me the big thing that egg gets into isn't to completely fact check every single little thing that you ever do because then you wouldn't be doing anything except for fact checking and there's people out there that do that there's journalists that go for that right 
But for him, one of some of the stuff that he says at the very end was probably the most changing for me in this process. And one of them is whenever you make a mistake, admit it. And I think for me, that's a good thing. And then I would add to that process of when you find someone that is making that mistake, tell them. And the person that made the mistake, listen. I think that there's a huge process. And this is so crazy for me to admit this, but I work with criminals because that's my job. And one of the things that I talk about is just being able to share something. And if someone gives you feedback to accept the feedback, not to wholesale adopt it because other people are wrong and mean and stupid as well, but accept the feedback and then go from there. And I think that Christians don't do that well at all. Right. And, and I think that this is something that has gone on for decades in all in, in lots of circles, including including the church. I just think that things like Facebook are a catalyst for acceleration. So we're, we're seeing it play out a lot faster than we normally would. Agreed. And I think, too, I, I, I love that Ed, Ed said, if you posted, you know, the, um, he said this on Facebook and then he put it in his blog post, too. If you shared one of these stories and he, that he broke down, you need to post a retraction. Where you say I was wrong and I'm sorry for misleading you, because this is how, this is how you know it, it, it's not likely to happen from this this instance, but this is how major things go wrong in history. I um I don't want to I'm not I'm a history guy, so I don't, don't want to devolve too much into this. But um one of the uh, I took a class a while back on 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 local history and um. Uh, we, read a, we read a book about the East St. Louis race riots, um, and I used to work in East St. Louis. So I was very interested in this. And what happened was uh, a, 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 some some very bad things happened legitimately, and the racism was just rampant in the town. So there's there a lot of things going wrong. But then what would happen is a bad thing would happen, and the story would uh, would be would be enlarged. And then the story over here on the other side would be enlarged. And so you had two signs believing slightly different things and then assumptions were made and the truth never got out because the truth would have probably uh, given some, some common sense leadership. The truth could have probably de- dealt with fixed, fixed, fixed things and like avoided all of the bloodshed and violence that, that followed. But that's the thing. When we let the, when we let falsehood rule the day, we're basically asking for more conflict and for more bloodshed. Whether whether in a social media sense or in an actual sense, right, right. So yeah, b- before news sources were looked as as these, um, there was more gatekeeping going on years ago, right? Because you you had you had less points of you had less you had fewer points of media distribution, and now with the web, um, we have we have a lot more sources of technology, a lot more sources of news, and. People themselves have become their own news sources, right? Um, most people, I think, get their news via Twitter and uh, you know Facebook from their friends, from news sources that they're that they're sharing than than actual news sites anymore. Um, well, even CNN is using Twitter as a news source, right? Now. So, I mean, so suddenly you've got a lot more reporters, so you have a lot less credibility or a lot less uh, accountability, rather. You know, if 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 uh, if if some if uh, Walter Cronkite is giving the news, you know that what he is reporting is going to be spot on, right? Because that was the essence of that age of, of news and media, right? So if he was talking about it, reporting live, you knew it was true. Now we quote and we share news articles 
or YouTube clips or this, that, and the other from people that, that, that don't have that kind of accountability, right? But I will say this, that CNN's been burned in the past about hoaxes. And so now they've put in a whole social media policy and you can look this up on their site because they want their people on the ground to be able to do this well, is that they won't actually report a story is true until they have personal confirmation from a CNN reporter. And I think that's where Christianity misses the boats. Because they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to put in the legwork. And even if it's not legwork from average Christian going to St. Mary Baptist or I don't know, whatever. And so um, just the idea that we need to do the work and do it well. And I think that that's where we kind of falter. Right. And that was that that kind of dovetails with what I wanted to ask you guys. We've outlined the problem and did an amazing job pointing these things out how do we prevent it how do we how do we you know steer this ship in a in a healthy direction i i think i, I think it starts with with christian leadership where uh i would love i'd love for my church to do this i'd love for churches in general to do this to do something about where we, we teach people and explain the power and the responsibility that comes with using the internet you know i i think that where it applies into you know IRL as well. Um, that's in it's in real life. In case you're not uh, up with the kids, speak the, you know the cool kids. But you know we've got to teach people to don't accept the most sensationalized story as the truest story. Like don't don't look for sensa- sensationalism. I feel like uh, I, gr- I grew up in church and I remember. Pastors always uh, wanting to bring that that sensational, uh, scary, whatever sermon illustration. You know, like have you heard the one about the? I'm not doing a joke now, but no. Do you ever hear the sermon illustration about the girl, the Christian, the young Christian girl who never did anything wrong, but then went went on spring break uh, one year and uh, met a guy. He was so sweet and kind, and they they did what teenagers sometimes do you know before marriage and um he uh, the next morning he gave her a ring box and said just uh i know you're leaving today but don't open it to you on the plane but i love you and i always love you and she's just all in a uh, floating you know an inch off the floor because she's in love and she gets on the plane and she opens up the ring box and it's a piece of paper not a ring and it says welcome to the world of hiv po- being hiv po- positive you know, and all of a sudden, all these people rush to the altar because they, they want God to save them from from the AIDS. But you know, I, I heard that sermon illustration I probably I don't know, three or four times when I was when I was younger, and it's not true. You know, I mean, I can remember our I can remember the guy we used to do opening exercises for Sunday school, and I can remember the guy who would get up there to to do like the welcoming and it's just just basically we do announcements and prayer for ten minutes before we went to Sunday school classes, and he'd get up there give us like a devotional thought and he would read some email, Christian email forward story to us which were invariably all false well, now I hadn't heard that illustration before but I did hear about the boy who saw heaven oh you're, you're, you're baiting me on that one buddy you're just baiting me on that one so, so clearly as you've outlined Phil this is something that has been going on for a long time via the forwarded emails. I mean, that's what that used to be back then. Yeah, and I think it goes both ways. I think it does go both ways, just as you're saying that can miracles happen? Absolutely. Can people persecute other Christians in America? Absolutely. 
But the fact of the matter is, is it doesn't happen a lot. And association does not equal causation. Just because gay rights happen does not mean Christians are being persecuted. Just because someone sees heaven does not necessarily make it true. Just because someone has a tumor that went away magically does not necessarily make it a miracle. It could be, and I'm not discounting that because God can do all things. But I also think that medically stuff can happen as well. And so we need to be aware of that because if you pronounce, oh my goodness, God did this amazing work without doing any kind of investigation or talking to some experts about the process and you find out there is actually a significant medical reason that this happened, God used that medical reason for that miracle, not just some magic hocus pocus. And I think that there's a difference there. Right, right. So we basically all need to become more responsible and think twice before we share, before we hit like, and just become a little bit more mindful that uh, that hoaxes and, and faults or, or websites that look as though they're actual news sources might not actually be. And I, I, I want to ask the question, what is it about Christians where we, we want to believe the worst? Well, no. I kind of I kind of hit on this earlier, but I am never seeing Christians share fake good stories, you know? Except, okay, uh, I'll, take, I'll take it back. I'll, I'll get the whole, like, you know, oh, so-and-so's driving a car and an angel saved them, that kind of garbage. But the preponderance of things that I see are negative. They're persecution-based, or they're just talking about the you know, further degradation of our society under the under the liberals. You know, it's it's almost always negative things. What is it about us where we want to believe the negative is true? I, I don't know. I, I think that's a pretty complex thing. I think some of that has to do with the fact that that um you know we read in the scriptures about there being persecution and so there's kind of like you know an anxiousness oh well here it comes or as far as moral you know the moral decline of society it's it's more of a you know uh see we're right or look how good we are or you know we've got to stop this this kind of this kind of panicness and i think you're right i think that that is not a healthy healthy or godly way for us to to conduct ourselves or to be or to be thinking um but it it, it does that does seem to be the that your generalization uh thinking through my own facebook feed i, I would tend to agree what about you jeremy so i i'm not 100 percent sure i think that there's a whole lot that could go into it and we could really lay down on the client bed and get deep into this i think that the general aspect of it is that there's so many cultures and we live in an american bubble i was actually talking to my director at my counseling studio yesterday at our agency and he had talked about how he moved here from Libya and he sees every single state as in its own little bubble and so you have your state pride and your hometown pride and you really don't care what happens in the other states because he originally lived in Florida and he said hey you know this is hurricane season and they're like oh yeah that's right it is hurricane season how are they doing over there and he's just flabbergasted how in America we have this worldview that's just within our states and never mind what's happening across the ocean because we're not doing a really good job of that. And I think it's slowly changing, but I think with Christianity and Americanism at least, and so I know we have people outside of America, but we get comfortable and so we get sitting and we don't go anywhere. And so anything that could provoke not Christianity, but that comfortability is when we start to really kind of see things go on. And so for me, that's a big deal. Of if my comfort level is getting affected, I'm going to go off the hinges, and it's kind of true. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of causes that create us to to act this way, and I think that it creates it creates a snowball effect, kind of the the maddening crowd where you know you have a few people sharing 
sharing a message and then you know people take it different ways and it, it alarms them in different in, in different senses and I think that for us to really kind of curb this is kind of what we said before of you know thinking twice before you share um, and becoming a little bit more gatekeeper about this kind of stuff and maybe maybe even focus more on what we ought to be focusing on you know I think that one of the big things is if we would actually take up what Ed said and tell people that what they're talking about is wrong and not in a mean way because sometimes I get mean and that's a whole nother story but I think if we can do it well and start to tell people it's not acceptable and there are consequences for doing such a thing for me that's when I see change actually happening because if there's no consequences I told my in-laws whenever they posted something I said you know that's actually not true and they just went about their day and I don't so I don't think telling people that something is wrong is going to do much until it's socially unacceptable to do such thing. And I think we'll get there. I think that the etiquette that will happen with that will happen. But because it's not hurting me that much right now, I don't think it's going to happen that fast. And unfortunately, there's going to be lies spread about individuals in general. And I think that that's going to be difficult. And urban legends will always exist in general. Yeah, I, I had shared the um, Frito-Lay CEO. Uh, he thought it was... He, he thought it was his um, Google search bar, but it was really his Twitter, and it had a series of, of his tweets thinking it was the search bar. Now, I, I think that that was, that was uh, shown to be a hoax, which really is no, no surprise. Um, you know, I, I found it humorous, and it seemed like a good example of, you know, uh, knowing what you're doing and, and being careful who you handle, you hand over social media keys to and that sort of thing. And, you know, in that regard, it was relatively harmless, and it turned out to be all right. Thankfully, it wasn't a serious news story, but it can happen. It can happen to all of us, and I think that just like you said, holding each other accountable um, is is a great place to start. And over time, it's not going to change overnight. Over time, we'll definitely be able to see see this stuff shift. Well, and I also think that because it's our faith, and it's something that counts for the rest of our lives and all of eternity, we cannot be just. You know, I, I made a mistake. Oops. I would more like to say you just jeopardize the faith of someone that may not want to know Jesus. Now, can Jesus work beyond that? Absolutely. Can he work beyond your own stupidity? Absolutely. I 100% agree. But why are you continuing to put up barriers in that process? And for me, I don't want to risk that. That's not worth risking at all, no matter who that person is. Wow. Those are some heavy words, Jeremy. But they're very true. And and those are things I'm willing to fight for. I mean, if a Christian gets in my way for something like that, I will lay them out. I have no problem with that. He will knock them out. It will make you mad on the Internet. And I have no problems with that, especially when you start to jeopardize someone's salvation. And you can block him if you want, but he won't stop. Hey, can I ask you a question real quick here? Yeah. So the Frito-Lay... This is a safe space. Okay, good. So the Frito-Lay CEO thingy was a satire? I don't know if it was or not. I heard... I heard I'm it. seeing that now on, on online. That's a satire, but kind of throw out here that medium is not a place that I usually go to for satire. Ah, and that made that triggered something in my head too, Phil. And I thought, you know, everyone is going on and on about medium, and I've just been waiting for it to become popular enough that it becomes polluted and it's it becomes eventually irrelevant. It's only a matter of time. I mean, I don't know because I like I like. I've I've seen some good stuff on there, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, yeah, so just, I'm I'm confused as to like I thought Medium was a place for not long form journalism, but more like you know it's a it's like Twitter, but 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 longer deeper thoughts on various topics, you know, like it's yeah. supposed to be like a new a form High of new end. journalism, and 
And satire's fine. I love satire. The onion's hilarious. He should have said that at the end. It did not. Exactly. Give you some, some sort of little tiny asterisk or, or hat tip, you know, that, yeah, this is fake, you know. And they didn't do that. It's like you, you're under you're undercutting. <laughs> hey, Medium's a place where you can go and write and explore deep topics and kind of, you know. Nope, no, it's not. That, sh- that belonged on the onion is what it it. it Belong. Or on an April Fool's Day post, like yeah. some some awesome blogs do. Yeah, some awesome blogs that we'll, we won't mention. Church Mac. I'm sorry, did you sneeze? Yes, okay. I'm fine. Cut the snow. Thank you for joining this week. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Be sure to use the CMAGCast hashtag to join the Church Mag podcast conversation. Leave us a comment, ask a question, or request a shout-out from Phil. Until next week. Phil? Phil yep. Schneider? Yep. That's Gilbert. Let's not do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was uh, that was a fourth grade flashback, and I did not enjoy that. <laughs> you, uh, you you crossed a line there. Yeah, you did. Apparently, uh, Phil and I are now friends on Facebook. We're Facebook official. Yeah, we are. After years and years. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not a big I'm just not a big Facebook power user. Well, clearly neither am I. So it. I, I think we can. Uh, we've now pr- successfully proven that it takes it takes um, non Facebook power users at least three years to become friends on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually became Chris's friend uh, uh, two months ago. Wow! Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe you'll be on Google Plus in what ten years? If I even had 15 parishioners who are active on there, I'd be on there. You'd be on it. On I, feel it. Like Abraham, I feel like Abraham. Lord, would you spare Sodom for ten righteous men? <laughs> <laughs> if there were only ten righteous men on Google Plus, I'd be on there. <laughs> come on, Jim. come on, Phil. There's there's have, there's at least ten righteous that. men. I wish we'd recorded. Well, that. we did, but here's the thing: is, is that when you there's say no, that, you mean ten, ten righteous men that you're that you've circled on Google Plus. That does not come across this does not come across well. It, no, yeah, no matter how you hash it, it doesn't sound well. Jeremy's in fact stopped talking completely. He's infuriated. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> the Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. I was putting my kid in bed. What's it what did you guys say? <laughs>